It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Peter Sellers. The number one pen of middle school. During a bad period of time, maybe because it was middle school. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like my hand never wrote well with it. Like, and my, if you even like just kind of slightly touched it, it would like kind of wipe yeah, in a shitty way. It was kind of like, all right. No, I don't like erasable pens at all, Megan. No, I don't either. I don't have notes for this episode. That's okay. But it's time to watch the Muppets. It's time to watch, and we did watch. We watched the Peter Sellers episode, episode two nineteen of the Muppet Show. Can you please pull up Peter Sellers and tell me what else he's in besides Doctor Strangelove? Originally airing on February twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight. This episode is ten years older than me. Oh my god! Isn't that wild? Exactly ten years. Exactly ten years. You know older your than birthday me. is on February twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight. And guess what? What? That's kind of around the corner, eh? It is. It'll be in a couple days. Yeah. (laughs) Take a big old pause to drink a sip of tea. (laughs) Usually, you know, you'd think one of us could take a sip while the other one's talking or something. But no, that's fine. (laughs) We both drink a sip of tea. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I can't believe your birthday. You know... Before your birthday, we're going to go see David Byrne. I'm so excited for that. Not Yeah, we are going to actually see him, right? Yes, yeah. American okay, yeah. Utopia, American his new Broadway Utopia. show. Did you Have you seen it yet? No, I've seen parts of it at your house, okay. but I need to watch it. Yeah. But I'm very excited to see it. I was person. debating watching it again, or if I should just go in kind of like blind. Yeah, because you, you don't want to be like, oh, it's, the book was better. Yeah. You don't want to be like that. <laughs> so Peter Sellers was a British comedic actor. Oh, he's British? I would have never expected he was British. And can I just ask you a question? <laughs> there was no warning. I have not gotten past British. <laughs> there was a warning. I didn't see a warning. I had a warning. Okay. I watched I it on like, my phone. I was like, same. Okay. This needs a warning. This needed a warning. Where did you think it needed a warning? In the first opening act? <laughs> yes, it definitely did. Hey, they're called Travelers okay. now. So, Peter Sellers is a British comedic actor who became well-known... As one of the stars of the surreal BBC radio show, The Goon Show. And then he later on went to play Inspector Clouseau in the Pink Panther films. That's oh, where yeah, I know he's of him. The Pink Panther. I've never seen a Pink Panther movie, but I know him from them. Right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's see. Goon, a silly, foolish, or eccentric person. The Goon Show. In Did North you just... American, a violent aggressive person who is hired to intimidate or or to harm people and there are goons in hockey right yes the a goon is like basically an offensive player peter sellers and do you know that from playing video games or from the movie goon i know that from just i'm just kidding i'm just kidding from playing video games. You're like, I know that just from being a fan of hockey. Don't ask me questions. Me? I so, learned the game of hockey through okay. video games. Peter Seller died in 1980, right? So just a few short years after this episode aired. Cancer? He was in a bunch of... What, no, I want to know what he I don't know. Like, I'm joking. Because it sounds like a joke. So, 
He was in the Pink Panther movies. He was in Doctor Strange Love, as you had said. Uh, I'm trying to find other things that are like. And he played more than one character in Doctor Strange Love. Famously, Sellers died at age 54. That is not old. That is not old. Yeah, must have been. Oh my goodness, he was only like, he was like 52 in this episode. He did not look that young. Oh, it wasn't looking great. That's what I was asking. Yeah. He looked good at the end before he put like the army yes, hat on. He did. He did. When he wasn't like in any sort of character. Yeah, he costume. actually did look decent. I didn't realize he was British, but British acting is is really he good. Had, Peter Sellers had a, died of a massive heart attack. Oh no. Wow. He fell in he, he Sellers collapsed from a massive heart attack in the Dorchester Hotel. And fell into a coma. He died in London Hospital. Oh my god! Just after midnight on July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, fifty four. I bet you he went and got the vaccine. He... <laughs> <laughs> it says here that he is Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend, and that he, after he got the vaccine, his balls oh, yeah. grew to an enormous size. Oh man. Okay, that's a horrible. First of all, you started it, so sorry. <laughs> that's on you. I'm sorry, but I feel like I feel like there's a part of me that's drunk uncle right now, and you're uh-huh. telling me about somebody from the past, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I heard it was from the vaccine. Yeah, he died mm-hmm. in 1980. Yeah, Uncle Mag. Yeah, 80. <laughs> uncle Mag. I kind uncle of Mag. Love that. Maybe I should get my niece to call me that. All right, so let's start this episode. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Cold open. Scooter calls for guest star Peter Sellers. Fifteen seconds to curtain, Mr. Sellers. He finds Gonzo hurling knives at Sellers in his Inspector Clouseau garb and accent while aiming with a mirror. So, yeah, I loved this, that the knives are, like, outlining him and Gonzo. The idea that Gonzo be throwing them is also spectacular. I'm so here for Gonzo. Don't think I haven't forgotten about our shirts that I'm going to make. I sure hope you didn't. I didn't. Especially after this episode, I have, like, I especially want to wear Gonzo on my body. I'm going to take him off, though, too, but I want to definitely. And then put him back on your body. Yeah, I want to have a garment with him on it. So, Peter's, oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Not like a, we're not going to go get Gonzo tattoos that say, like, here for Gonzo on them. Well, you did see that Muppet Baby's tattoo of Gonzo. (laughs) I would get that. I love that. I wouldn't because I don't want any tattoos on my body, but if I were to get tattoos. It would maybe be a Baby Gonzo. Yeah. So, this episode did have a warning for me. Okay, the, like, not, not I, but I also watched it when I was Let me see if I can little, pull this up here. Maybe I was a little distracted in the beginning. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so Peter Sellers plays Boris, a demented gypsy violinist, for the song A Gypsy Violin and the Whatnot Gypsy's request to play, play, play. I think he was like immigrant, immigrant immigrant punk gypsy and not necessarily like traveler I think so gypsy yeah. yeah so Peter briefly makes takes on a Groucho Marx persona as well okay this is not only like an offense to like traveler culture yeah he he's he has makeup on oh he's like in brown face he's in yes he's full Roma I could not believe it and his nose they had it like painted beet red. Yeah. Also, it was really it was a, a very surprising, yeah. very surprising. Yeah. And yeah. the song was like I don't know, not that great either. Really, I don't know. Like there wasn't anything. It wasn't great. 
It wasn't great. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't even like, oh, I understand why they did that because it was funny. Yeah. Like, it kind of wasn't exactly funny. No. But I guess he just wanted to do that character. It it did seem like a character that he was doing. Yeah. Like, we were right into some strengths here. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they throw. We're getting... Papa would do whatever he could. See, now, that's a better share impression this week. Backstage, Kermit the Frog calls for quiet, a request that goes unfulfilled as gypsies chatter and Gonzo crashes a motorcycle. Well, I love Gonzo on the motorcycle. That's what my shirt's going to be, I think, Gonzo on the motorcycle. motorcycle. And yours is going to be different. Okay. No spoilies. Yeah, I won't spoil yours. Kermit is is further frustrated by the sudden appearance and subsequent disappearance of Dr. Buns and Honeydew. I love this. I love this the whole time. And I also loved, enjoyed, was so tickled by Kermit's undoing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like they fully are just driving him bonkers I know in the background I of this episode loved it. And, and you know what I felt like he was but I wasn't annoyed I thought it was funny mm-hmm. like you know how, like when a main character sometimes it's like annoying you're like oh yeah this was great I completely agree this made me laugh and like that they uh, uh, address it also was kind of a surprise I was really surprised that he was like I I, I don't know what's going on anymore this is all chaotic it's enough already enough. and then he like later on when he sings his song you know, what song did he, he does? Do? It's not easy being oh, yeah. green. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that. Is yeah. that the first time we see that? I don't know. We're gonna, later, when we get there, yeah. we get there. When we get there. So Ralph the dog sings "When," a nice, quiet, lovely song that ends with a punchline. Backstage, Kermit scolds Ralph for the punchline just before Beaker appears out of nowhere, carrying scientific equipment. I liked Ralph's little bit. So did I. It move, was, move, move. It I love it. It was in and out quick, and I was Absolutely. like, this is perfect. And he told a funny joke. Yes. I like, think that that's like the exact kind of use that we should be doing with yes. these things. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is all just our short attention span. Yeah. It really is. This is a TikTok. That's what Rolf did in the middle of this episode. He mm-hmm. did a TikTok. And thank goodness he did, because it gets boring with him sometimes. I know, but I love him, right? Like, I, Oh, absolutely. It's hard to deal him. with. I love him. Like, I feel like he would make a great ice cream cake with, like, all the crunchies oh, as his face. His ear and hair. Yeah. Oh. Wouldn't that be Oh, good? my God. That's, like, that would be a really good ice cream cake. Yeah. Carvel. Yep. We got all these ideas. Yep. And no one's going to want them. <laughs> no one's going to want them. Uh. It shocks Kermit to see him, and Kermit's reaction shocks Beaker, causing him to drop the scientific equipment before disappearing again. This was adorable. The the like back and forth of like driving Kermit insane backstage with disappearing, reappearing oh, so things is, is great. Now we go backstage to the guest star's dressing room. Kermit finds Peter, finds Peter Sellers dressed in a Viking helmet, corset, wig, boxing glove, and a grand impersonation of Her Late Majesty Queen Victoria. But he'd forgotten how she looked was his punchline. This was stupid, but I really did like it. For I some liked reason. it for no reason, but it was... I was like, what is the point of this? When he's like, why are you dressed like that? And he's like, oh, I'm doing an impression of the queen, but I don't remember how she looks. And it's like, this is his impression. Yeah. It was very stupid. Peter tells Kermit about his new act he recently perfected, where he recites a soliloquy from Shakespeare's Richard III whilst, and at the same time, playing tuned chickens when through <laughs> Kermit informs that he can't do that act because Gonzo just did it last week. 
And it died, Peter, says Gonzo. Aw. I love Gonzo. And I love that he squeezed those chickens and they were like, bah! I love the noises that they made. I thought this is really funny. <laughs> I don't was... think anybody else has utilized the chickens properly. Yeah. This was silly as hell. I liked it. Peter was... and Gonzo are like, um, like lost brothers. Yeah. I, I loved, Go- I love any moment we have with Gonzo and his like, he's so sweet, mm-hmm. but he's also like, and it died. You know I what see, I mean? Yeah. He's, like, he's no also more. a scraggly creep. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Gonzo, our UK spot, Ralph accompanies Gonzo on the song Memory Lane. Doug. Mm-hmm. Not to change the subject entirely, but speaking of kind of like that sweet creep, uh-huh. have you yet watched Throw Mama from the Train? I still have not seen I Throw did. Mama from I the Train. I watched it with Ben and Lisa. What did you think about it? <laughs> That's Danny DeVito. Yeah, I had to end What's up- that old lady name? That old What's that old lady? What's that old lady name? What's that old lady's name? I forget, but she died soon after that. They yeah. actually she had to get like part of her tongue removed, which is why she Ew, talks what? like that. And she's like, "Howard, um, wow. it's what's it? Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito plays someone who's like a little bit uh, like on the spectrum or something. I don't really? know, really, or uh, or sheltered. I don't know. Anne Ramsey. How could Anne I forget Ramsey, Anne yeah, Ramsey's forget that, name? Yeah. Not that being on anything wrong with being on the spectrum. No, of I'm course just saying, not. Like, it's just like it's it can be jarring to see someone play that type of character unsuspectingly. Like you didn't know that he was going to be doing. It's that. an interesting movie. It's worth seeing. Uh-huh. It did frustrate me quite a bit, but those did type it, of movies do. Oh, because it's one of those like miss uh, I a misunderstanding hate, movies. I hate a misunderstanding. Me too. It's like that Danny DeVito funny. misunderstood what Billy Crystal was talking about because he's like Billy Crystal is a teacher. He's teaching a class that Danny DeVito is in mm-hmm. to write. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Billy Crystal gives him all this, like, kind of gives him advice. He has to hunt him down for it. And Danny DeVito misunderstands him and thinks that he is going to agree to Alfred Hitchcock and agree to, like, from this movie, kill, he'll kill Billy Crystal's ex-wife, who he hates. And if Billy Crystal kills his Anne mom. Ramsey. Yeah, and it's like... It's kind of funny, but it's uh-huh. also very frustrating. Anyway, we can move on. I'm, I have never seen it. I'm surprised to hear that it that that's what it's about. Here, yeah, here's the... A bitter ex-husband wants his former spouse dead. A put-upon mama's boy wants his mother dead. Who will pull it off? Yeah, so Billy Crystal's ex-wife ends up either like ta- like stealing his story of this book that he wrote and gets oh, published no. and becomes like super famous. Okay. And Billy Crystal is like, that is my fucking story. Yeah. I don't know what. It's like a bitter ex. Yeah. Who's like wronged. A, yeah. A very bitter ex. Who's Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. I kind of want to watch it. I've always heard it's very funny. I think the ending is really fun. I like the ending. I mean, it's almost 40 years old, so I can imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, Danny DeVito time... looks like. He's very young yeah. in the film. So was Billy Crystal. Seeing Billy Crystal like that, I'm like, whoa. I was listening to some comedian who was talking about how Danny DeVito has never been like, he's never looked like a young man. I know, right? So people aren't surprised to find out what he looks like now at yeah. 70 or whatever. Like, no one is like, yeah, He'll that's Danny DeVito. He'll never look worse than he did as the Penguin, even though the Penguin, like, in a good way, oh, he looked terrible. But, like, with, like when you think dripping. of Danny DeVito and you're like, that's the worst you can picture him in your mind. So then when you see him, you're like, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. do you okay, so you know the show uh, Strangers with Candy, uh-huh. where Amy Sedaris is, like, dressed like, old, like, crazy yes. so she would go on talk shows and people would be like wow you're like really beautiful yeah and she'd be like no i'm not you're just used to seeing me as jerry like- yeah <laughs> and it's so funny because jerry was a character that was she was playing 
Jerry Blank is a character that's in their 40s, yeah. right? Like going back, back to high school. school. And it's so funny because like <laughs> now Amy Sedaris is like a little bit older than Jerry Blank was, oh, you yeah, know? Like exactly. So you feel like I've known this person since the like the late 90s and they haven't aged a day because you just know Jerry Blank know. and then Amy now. It's very funny it's to so like funny. Yeah, you've never seen her young because you've only ever seen her as this scary monster woman. And then exactly. with like cross eyes and like the oh weird lipstick and the everything. Oh my God, I love her. Billy Crystal ants, question mark, or Bugs Life ants, right? Um, I'm going to have to say neither. No, Billy Crystal's the main ant, no. isn't he? No, Dave Fol. No, in Ants, Woody Allen is oh, the lead ant, no, I first thought of all. Woody Allen directed the movie Ants. No, he's also in Ants. He's also the star of Ants. <laughs> yes. But Ants with a Z. Interesting. Yeah, he... Billy Woody, Crystal's not even in Ants. Do you think Billy would... I mean, uh, Woody would be available for a children's movie? I hear he really loves kids. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> Hang on. Not- All right. We got very sidetracked, but I need to know who wrote Ants, who directed Ants, why is Woody Allen in Ants? He wrote and directed it. Ants is also not good. Meg, he really... he Okay. Is- he didn't write it or direct it. Oh, okay, good. Todd Alcott, Chris Weitz, and Pete Weitz. Oh, my God. I don't know what these other credits are from these guys hang on the writer okay this is wild first of all to me too the guy who wrote ants also wrote the nutty professor 2 the clumps and he wrote star wars rogue one bizarre analyze this like totally deep like (laughs) sorry monsters inc that's what billy crystal that's what i was trying to get you was that yeah he was in he was mike wazowski oh Yes, and I, you know what? I love Mike Wazowski, and yeah. I love that movie. I never saw like the sequel or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I love Little Boo, and that movie's so cute. The first Sully. Monsters, Inc. is really the only good one. The second one's like fine. Yeah. I don't know. But um, anyway. What do you call it? Yeah, Dave Foley is the ant in the movie A Bug's Life. He was one of the kids in the hall. Hmm. Kids in the hall. UK spot. Rafa Company's Gonzo on Memory Lane. That's where we were. Gonzo sings Memory Lane for the UK spot on episode 219. I'm trying to find the notes. So he's accompanied by Rolf on piano. Gonzo's for... Okay, so Rolf also famously sang this song on the Merv Griffin show. All right, Rolf. Back in the day. The Merv Griffin show is not something... Oh, it ran from 72 to 86. The only thing that I know about the Merv Griffin show is like that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Where Kramer gets the set. Well, they were talking about Merv Griffin. I feel like Merv Griffin is a popular... Reference like of, yeah, and of a certain era, uh huh, and is now like dead. It's like a Sally. It'll be like Sally Jesse Raphael. Who's gonna oh remember that? You know, I I have a customer in my store who has Sally Jesse glasses, and I want to that tell was him a look. That. She looked like a middle school teacher. She just did saying. look like a middle school teacher. <laughs> have you ever seen the pictures? It's Sally Jesse Raphael, and she's wearing her red glasses, and then it says Sally Jesse Donatello, and she's wearing purple glasses. <laughs> And so on. That's brilliant. That's literally brilliant. <laughs> so this UK spot was pretty good. It's just, yeah. you know, another a cute Gonzo. song. Gonzo. Love him. Adorable. This next sketch, Megan, might be one of the funniest sketches they've done on the show. Is this Link and his legs? It sure is. Okay, first of all, he's in a full Run DMC outfit. <laughs> full Run he DMC outfit. He is in like an Adidas, a red Adidas tracksuit. I loved this sketch <laughs> so much that even when Link ends it and goes backstage, the button that he puts on this joke is so fucking funny <laughs> to me for no reason. So, 
Peter plays Dr. Berg, what? I don't know. It's yeah, a jer- it's, that's it's, when I was like, oh, oh it's God. Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Peter plays Dr. Strangelove. He's, not, he's basically not in a wheelchair, though. A, a crazed German, German masseur who tries to help Link Hogthrob relax by first rolling his arms and legs and then tying him into a knot. I At the end, the good this. doctor leaves Link for the night. I wonder how they came up with this because it's funny because he plays Doctor Strangelove basically, but he's Doctor Strangelove is in a wheelchair. Okay, he's not in a wheelchair, but Link's legs are broken in this sketch. It's who kind is of, who is Doctor Strangelove? He is the scientist. So Doctor Strangelove and How I Learned to Love the Bomb is like a mm-hmm. sort of satire on uh, the Cold War. Okay, and basically it's. They're about to shoot off a nuclear missile and mm-hmm. like go to war or whatever. And he is a German scientist who alludes to the fact that he used to be a Nazi mm-hmm. German uh, doctor scientist, and he's kind of crazed. And he's I guess consulting okay. for them or something. Yeah, yeah. I've it. heard of the movie, and I, I for some reason I really thought it was a David Lynch movie, not a Kubrick movie. Definitely a Kubrick movie. Yeah. But uh, so this is like, is the character like? In any way similar then? Oh, yeah. So that's so weird. It, well, it's the fact that he has that mustache situation uh-huh. happening. The and accent. The, and it's the mm. accent and the hair a little bit. That's so weird. But Dr. Weird. Strangelove, if you look him up, like, he looks, he has, like, glasses, though. Uh huh. Like, so this is a movie from 64. Yeah. An insane American general orders a bombing attack mm-hmm. on the Soviet Union, triggering a path to nuclear holocaust that a war room full of politicians and generals frantically try to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it literally is just like a back and forth of that, and it's character acting. It's really good. Yeah. It's like honestly, it's really well done. I've never seen it. It holds up though. It'll, like it, when, I mean, I haven't you know, seen when it. you last saw it, I, I, I probably haven't seen it in at least ten years. But I mean, it's still. But it's good movie. Fifty yeah. years it's old well on its own. Done. You know, yeah, like it's really well done, and it's funny. You know what I mean? It's like a dry, dark humor. Yeah. When Link comes backstage, I thought this was so funny. Link says. Kermit, that was one of the best. That was the best massage I ever had, and that Peter O'Toole is good. Oh, I yeah, thought Peter that was O'Toole. so damn funny that he called him Peter O'Toole. So stupid. I love just seeing Link's like saggy legs <laughs> when he rolls them up, and yeah, he is. He's dressed like Rev Run or yeah. whatever from Run DMC in this like tracksuit and everything. Mm-hmm. And when he like when Doctor Strangelove comes in, and first Link had done. Was he doing like push-ups or was he doing like reps with a Curls, weight? Yeah. And he goes one, and then Strange Love walks in. And he goes seventy-four. <laughs> like <laughs> so stupid. And that's of course Jim. Oh yeah, and I I don't know why it took me so long to realize that that's Jim doing the voice. <laughs> the comment is followed by another disaster with Beaker appearing and disappearing, and by Fozzie Bear coming in to inform Kermit that the next act has canceled. It was to have been Prunella and her prancing poultry, except yesterday, duck season began. I thought that was funny, oh too. God. So then Kermit has to go out and basically tell everyone that the next act canceled, and he doesn't know what to do, and then begins to sing Being Green. And this was beautiful. And is this, do you know, can you tell somehow, is this the first time we're seeing So the song? song was written in 1970. Okay, so prior to this. Uh, it was written for the first season of Sesame Street. Oh, okay. And that's how it's like the most well-known. Because I was thinking, this can't be the most well-known episode of The, of the Muppets. But Sesame so, Street is like... It looks like it was performed on Sesame Street. Then it was on a Sesame Street record okay. that same year. Yeah. Um, I would think Sesame Street just has a little bit more reach. He sang it with point. Julie Andrews on Sesame Street in yeah. 73. Um, 
performed it on The Tonight Show in 74, performed it on What's My Line in 74 as well. Oh, this is so So, sweet. It's not easy being green. He sang it with Ray Charles on a share variety show, Megan. Is there an episode of a variety show ever crafted more for you? Okay, so when we do one of those like weirdo episodes for the uh-huh. Patreon, uh-huh. is Patreon even a thing anymore? For the Discord. <laughs> for the Discord. Um, <laughs> for the Discord. <laughs> or for our Twitch stream. Uh, yeah, we'll Twitch it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch these like a couple of these like weirdo specials. Yeah, like, I, just clips of them on a special. We have to because like. Uh, We'll Dr. Like, Teeth apparently sings it on the Michael Douglas show at some point, which is bizarre to me, too. Michael Douglas had his own show? Apparently. What? Yeah, it's been on a ton of things. Good Big f- Bird sings it at um, at the Cathedral Church of St. John the Divine at a, Jim Henson's memorial in 1990. Aww. I need to see that clip, too. Oh, oh my gosh. But after the book, because I know I'm going to cry. I, we're, we probably should listen to the last chapter yeah, of the together. book together. <laughs> So when Snape dies, we could cry together. <laughs> <laughs> so Kermit sings being green, and the stage gradually fills with swamp with a swamp setting. This was a very good performance of this, and the set was great. Like uh-huh. they did, they did some stuff on this episode, and that it like comes after Kermit basically hitting his breaking point of like the chaos on the episode. I like know, he'd had, he had enough, his moment. and I like that he had this moment. Where he, like, has enough, and then he can kind of snap for this next bit. Because in Muppet Labs, Honeydew presents a teleporter, which can transport people from one location to another. This makes Kermit furious, <laughs> learning that, <laughs> learning what has been happening on the show. So Bunsen teleports him away. Meanwhile, the scientist attempts to retrieve Beaker, previously teleported from the jungles of Africa. This, when Kermit, like, comes in and he's like, wait, okay, so I've been losing my mind, basically, because... You invented some shit that's driving me absolutely insane. I loved how they did the backstage storyline this episode. Yeah. How they, like, kind of, un- like, they, you know, they. I knew that they had to do something with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You kind of know it's Bunsen and Beaker in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Because, like, gonna, yeah. That we're going to cut to him up yeah. at Labs. And I just love Bunsen when he showed up in the beginning of this and he's just like, <laughs> and then he disappears. <laughs> like, that guy does not give a shit. No. He's <laughs> like. Nope. He's like, I'm- yeah. He's not doing a. He's not doing like a bit on the Muppet Show. He's just existing in his lab. Yeah. Like that is, and sometimes they film it, and sometimes they don't. And he's just gonna do his thing. Oh my god! Did you ever watch Mr. Wizard in the morning? I used up? to love Mr. Wizard. Yeah. Mr. Wizard, from what I can remember, was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, early. Like it was a four very or five first in the morning. show. It would be like they there would be what they call quote unquote paid programming. Mm-hmm. Until like 4 a.m. or something Uh or 5 a.m. And as soon as that hit, it was Mr. Wizard. Time Life presents the best of the 50s. Those like album box sets. Oh my God. Just so many crazy things on that. I don't remember what Mr. Wizard would do other than like light experiments with kids. Like he would show you about like static electricity. Is the water going through the funnel? Yeah, yeah. Through like making a tornado in a bottle, that thing. Okay, there was Mr. Wizard. Uh There was... Beekman's World. Beekman's World. Uh-huh. And the Bill other Nye one, the Science Bill Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh-huh. And those, well, those three, sh- actually, Beekman's World and Bill Nye, similar uh-huh. a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah Mr. Wizard was like, was like, Mr. Rogers teaches you science. Yeah. Right? It was like, like, here's this guy who's my neighbor, my mm-hmm. teacher, and he's going to teach us something. But like, Bunsen's World had like a, an ant or an animal, right? That was like in a Beekman's costume. Beekman's World. Yes. Beekman's World. Had Bunsen's like a World. rat. Like, it was like a, like a, a humanoid rat, yeah. rat that lived in his. 
I whatever, can't, his lab. I can't really? remember the difference. I used to like that show, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. Remember how pissed people were when Bill Nye started speaking about like real science stuff? I know. And they're like, he's not even a real scientist. Could he's you an actor. That's <laughs> like, people get mad about that. The only one that I support is when people get mad at Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh my when God, Neil deGrasse so Tyson is like, the sky in this movie is unrealistic. Like, oh, okay, yeah. bro, so what? Like, yeah. move on. I feel like the right's hate for Bill Nye the science guy is equal to the left's hate for, uh, it's almost equal to Joe Rogan. Oh. Because like... <laughs> Bill Nye is our Joe Rogan. Well, <laughs> podcasts weren't as popular then, I don't think. Uh-huh. You know, everyone has a podcast now. Everyone has a podcast. <laughs> I got two. so Fozzie comes on stage to introduce Peter Sellers but he's interrupted by Peter Sellers still trying to perform his Shakespearean soliloquy Fozzie reminds Peter that the show is running a little long so try to be short Peter complies by getting on his knees now this next thing I thought maybe could have skewered also like problematic to some degree I don't know why something about his performance here rubs me the wrong way Cigarettes and Whiskey. Peter plays a bass drum beating Temperance Preacher, backed by members of the Lubak Lou Jug Band, Dr. Strange Pork, and George the Janitor. Love to see George the Janitor again, but I don't know. There's something he's wearing. He has that made-up red nose again. The Gin Blossom. The Gin Blossom. I didn't know that's what it was called. I didn't know what that was called until my friend Jen told me. I like it, and I'm glad that I know that now. So thank you for the... Gin Blossom. Yeah. So, like, the band The Gin Blossoms yep. is named after, like, Drunk Face. Because mm-hmm. that's what I think of it as. It's like, you have that rosy nose means you're a drunk, yeah. usually. And when you know? you're, like, you've aged a bit mm-hmm. and you drink a lot. Yeah. You know. That's where it, like, settles. Yeah, it settles in your nose. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Cigarettes and whiskey, also known as Cigarettes and Whiskey. The song condemns the disputation, dissipations brought on by alcohol, nicotine, and wild, wild women. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say who's... So this song was written by Tim Spencer in 1947. I'm trying to find any other information on it, and that's really it. Cigarettes and whiskey. It just sounds like an old, like, I bet folky, you, you Yeah, know. this is like Jim had remembered a song. Yeah, it very much has, like, a weird, like, sitting on a porch, yeah. kind of, like, everybody jamming on, like, a Jug Band song. It's yeah, they're not, like, who can know. we do? What can we have? But, but Jug Band's great. There really was something about his performing... I don't know that like it felt like oh this could also be why there was a disclaimer. Yeah, I just it like yeah, and even like the whole like I mean I guess like making fun of like a German Nazi doctor mm-hmm. is like still okay I guess I don't I know. Think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, a question they fine. ask in South Park and then they like explore it. <laughs> I think it's fine to make fun oh of Nazis. God. You had me watch those COVID. Uh, South Park specials, uh-huh. they were so good. I loved them. When Cartman comes back, uh-huh. and he's a rabbi, uh-huh. and he, ha- I, and he loves his family it. to the point where he's like, "We can't let Kyle win." I hate because I will lose my family. He is the worst uh-huh. fucking person. <laughs> Butters being in an asylum because he is like a menace he, and a, like he's the ultimate a NFT salesman. Because yeah, he will sell. And when they show up that hotel. And the hotel is burning down and everybody's hanging out dead, hanging out the windows because the NFT salesman came by and he basically like music manned them all into giving them his money. That was wild. They were really funny. They they were actually really funny. Uh And the way that they made fun of like, oh, you know, 
couldn't we all just be, you know, if only we all worked together through the pandemic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't have been in this mess to begin with. Yeah, we all and made And it's so funny how Matt and Trey are because it's like true. It's like they have their like happy story. It's like people were so polarized through the pandemic. Yeah. They just have a great way of representing what's going on in current society, yeah. like in pop culture and it's, everything. It's yeah. insane to me that they're starting their 25th season and it's like, it's like years the Simpsons in a it, in a way where it's like the Simpsons same thing. Those writers yeah. are just like they just know how to incorporate what's going on and uh-huh. satirize it yeah. into a way that is not only helps you to digest it but is humorous. Have you watched a recent Simpsons lately? No. Julie Cavanaugh is really good? losing it. Oh no! Like in a Her bad way. Her voice is. She sounded more like Patty and Selma. Oh God! As just Marge. Well, Marge is getting a little older. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see if we're gonna see replacements coming in before the show gets just ended, you know? Because <sighs> she's really losing the voice. It's heartbreaking. Weird. Unless it's just a bad. Maybe she maybe she got sick and maybe and she's they, you recovering. Know, you still gotta get it going. Whatever. I'm sure that they have deadlines on shows like that, you know? Because that's a good in a world where South Park is. You know, they still do that seven days to air. That's what I'm saying. That was a great documentary. So it's like, when did you they, watch that? Yes. I, that's one of my favorite documentaries. And it's funny because I'm not so as big well a South done. Park fan as I am a fan of that doc. I'm you a know? fan of Matt and Trey Parker. Yeah. I mean, Matt Park. Wait, Matt something and Trey, Trey Parker. Matt Stone. Matt Stone Trey and Trey Parker. Parker yeah. yeah. They're so. And like, I read a book called The Powers of Two. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about that book like way too much. But yeah. They analyze their relationship. They, mm-hmm. It's like it's like the idea that like these dynamic duo, creative duos, like just are unstoppable. Like the mm-hmm. John and um, Paul, and yeah. you know basically Trey and Matt, and just like hearing and reading about like what their process is and what they do and how they make South Park, and then they made Book of Mormon is like one of the best selling Broadway shows of all yeah. time. Yeah. If the tickets, even through the pandemic, are still ridiculously high. And it's high. insane to think that this and is sold out. And it was written 15 years ago. I know. You know, like. And it's still terrific. How, and their their humor is very, um, not that their humor is, but if you watch an episode of South Park from 15 years ago, because of the way they write the show, you might be like, wait, what was going on the week this episode yeah. came out? Because it's so, like. Oh my God! Why current you, events of the time, yeah, yes, it's like literally so of the moment about the current events. When they did those member member berries, I was <laughs> dead. Uh huh. Member, but then it just like the nostalgia so eats you, yes. and it made everything worse. And I'm like, oh my God, you people are so brilliant. That's a South Park from fucking like five I years know. ago. And when you look at how toxic nostalgia culture yes. is now. The word nostalgia is like a Greek word. And uh-huh. I, I watched somebody like do um, sort of a presentation on nostalgia in video games. Yeah. And they explored the idea of like what nostalgia actually is. And it's a, it's a, I forget if this is accurate, but it's like a good feeling and a sad feeling together. It's like uh-huh. both. Yeah. And you know, it, it can, it gets old, the nostalgia. It's, it's, there's something heavy over time about mm-hmm. nostalgia. It's like if you, all you eat is French fries and your arteries fill up or something like that. Like it's good. It's exciting, but yeah. like it's not nutrients. moderation. Yeah. And moderation. And for a while there, I think when that was happening, it was like, 
there was so much nostalgia. I mean, we're seeing it now with like concerts and stuff like that, but I yeah. think like that's when it really kicked up where yeah. like you're just seeing it every they're reselling what they sold to you in the 90s. And it's insane because we as millennials are watching all I feel like all that we've ever been sold is the same stuff. We are to an extent. Millennials out of any other generation or before us. Mm-hmm. I mean, new generation, I don't know. We were really experimented on with watching commercials, mm-hmm. getting sold stuff, yeah. you know, making movies and cartoons just to sell toys. Yeah. Just to sell oh, toys. Yeah. All the Hasbro, whatever. And then Mattel, on top of that, the tie-in of McDonald's has this one Happy toy Meals that is based on the movie on the thing. And yeah, it's like the synergy of your whole world revolving around like... I remember like my mom wouldn't like buy us McDonald's often, but when there was like the Monopoly thing or like a really cool toy, like she would get us McDonald's. And I remember we always like got an add-on order of like a supersized fry, which might as well be a bucket. (laughs) So it's like, it's it's like the food. It's the size of your head. Yeah. It's a glove full of So that my brother wouldn't eat all the fries on the way home Uh from like two minute drive down the road. (laughs) And I'm just like... We were just allowed to do whatever back uh, then. You know Eat whatever wild? you want. Do whatever you want. Be home when the streetlights come on. Whatever. We lived in a whole other part of town, but still equidistance from our house was a McDonald's. Yeah, and like a Wendy's. The same as you. Two yeah. miles from my house yeah. is a McDonald's. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So at closing, Peter Sellers is teleported in behind Kermit. He disappears briefly, then reappears wearing a German helmet. Finally, several mur- Muppets teleport in as well. People um, are, like, obsessed with Nazi Germany. Yeah. Obsessed. People are obsessed with World War II. I don't... I don't know. I don't get it. I, like, the toxic obsession of, like, collecting... I'm sorry, like... and uh, stuff like that from... All of it. War. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember exactly what about or why, but we were talking about movies, and they were like, oh, have you seen Apocalypse Now? And this phrase escaped my lips i'm not really like a war guy so no i didn't watch that and they were like well and i was like oh yeah i guess like who's a war guy yeah. but like i don't like to watch movies like that yeah like, apocalypse <laughs> now is absolutely a classic yeah for sure full metal jacket absolutely a classic i've seen both of those movies would i watch them right now in my life yeah. no yeah. i'm not gonna watch them unless i was doing like a film study on full metal jacket uh-huh yeah because the way that they shift from the beginning of the movie to like after like this That's another climactic Kubrick. scene happens uh-huh. and like even the filming of it is different. And yeah. like when they go to Vietnam, it completely shifts. That's kind of neat. It's really cool mm-hmm. how it how it's done. But like Apocalypse Now with uh, Marlon Brando and, mm-hmm. and what's his name is in that movie? I forget. I want to say Michael Douglas, but it's not Michael Douglas. But yeah, like, you know. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. But it's like. Yo. Hang on. No. Pause. One second. The Sheens and the Douglases, I do the same thing. Yeah, they're the same. They're the same family. I don't understand why, but they are. They really are. It's yeah. like it's like it's like a drag house. They're from the same house. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're from the same fashion house house. Anyway. Martin yeah, Martin Sheen and Michael Douglas might as well be twins. Absolutely. And yeah, Emilio Estevez, oh, Charlie yeah. Sheen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The whole they're all, all related. Kirk Douglas. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I forget what I was going to say, but you know what? I'm done. Say- oh, the war. You know what? I'm not going to watch 1917. No, thank you. No. Like, I, the, 
Isn't Belfast about war? I think so. I yeah. want to see it because yeah. it looks like a well-done movie, but like I also don't want to watch a movie about war. In 1917 is a loud movie about war that's three hours long. I'm good. Statler and Waldorf at closing. Statler, well, what did you think? Waldorf just disappears. You know? I, I love that. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I love that. So stupid. I love them. So our Nickelodeon edits the second backstage scene, Kermit's reaction to the exploding bomb. This one shouldn't have been on Nickelodeon. Most of Kermit's introduction to Except the UK for the spot. Hog, and, oh my god, this episode was edited to hell for Nickelodeon. Yeah, because it's the, the did they edit out the gypsy, the the Nazi? No, no, they didn't. Have to, <laughs> why would they? Part of the last backstage scene with Link walking backstage and Beaker suddenly appearing. And the last part of Fozzie's introduction of the closing number. Those were all cut for the episode for some reason. That's wild. Meanwhile, like, the stuff that was, like, offensive, not cut. Um, Wait, in the book, can you believe Jim Henson's kids, how remarkable they are? Insane. Oh, insane. Lisa went to Harvard, graduated summa cum laude, was the first head of the, the first female head of Nash, uh, the Harvard Lampoon. I truly can't Cheryl get over Cheryl just it. went to Yale. Yeah, Cheryl went to Yale. Brian's working for Warner, for, on the Return to Oz. Uh-huh. These I, I, kids are remarkable. Yeah, it's so cool. It is so cool. They're, yeah, they're like just as talented and as their parents. Exactly. And the thing is, is that like, I guess reasons why Jim chose uh, Jane, you know, they really both believed in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. I mean, they they must have focused on that for their kids. I don't know. They're they have some pretty great kids. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so next week we'll be watching episode twenty. We're almost done with this season. Can you believe that? How many episodes in the season? Twenty five. When we finish this season, we will have hit fifty episodes of our show. Can you believe that? No. Maybe there's twenty four episodes of the Muppet Show this season. But either way. Irregardless, Irregardless, as they say. I'm pulling up the premise for the next episode. Da-da-da-da-da. Tula Clark episode. This is the next episode. Tula Clark. Petula Clark. Wait, even better. Petula. 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 Or Petula. I don't know. Is she Greek? I guess we'll see. So is there's Greek? 24 episodes of this season. 24 episodes. So we're watching the Petula, Petula Clark episode and mix-up results in a moose who sounds like john wayne hanging around backstage that's our premise oh, oh boy sounds like a loose one it sounds a little yeah okay so that episode aired originally may 5th 1978 so a bit of a jump but uh i guess we'll see hopefully it won't be a stinker can you read the next episode after that the Petula? next episode after that our next episode after that is bob hope okay cool bob hope then Teresa Brewer, then John Cleese, and then our season finale of Cloris Leachman. Okay, first of all, can't wait to see the last two episodes. We're going to stick the landing on the last two episodes of this season. So, Doug, uh, speaking of sticking the landing, what? we both enjoy Winter Olympics. I know. It's coming. I know. We have to get at least one night. We or, do need to. Or one day where we're going to yes. hang and watch Winter Olympics. I know. I can't wait for it, yes. honestly. I, it sucks because like the environment in which they are happening is not great. No. But like... I love the Winter Olympics so much. Yeah, but of course it's going to be like that. Like, all sorts of stuff is happening in China right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're on a political, like, sort of, I know. you know. I don't want to think about it. And it's, it's like, okay. we probably shouldn't support the Winter Olympics happening. But like, Look, I don't care that the Winter Olympics are in China because that's what the Olympics are. You put them in countries. Oh, no, you don't necessarily agree like, with all of them. But, like, also with COVID oh, thriving COVID, yeah. and everything. Like, we really shouldn't have an Olympics during COVID. Like, it's, it's still a bad idea. But, 
Agreed, but also I do love the Olympics. I can't believe we just did the Summer Olympics. Why is it not cold enough to it. kill all the germs? Right? They should do it in go, Ikutsk. Go get Joe Rogan. Is there COVID in Ikutsk? <laughs> it's too cold. So next week we're going to be watching the Petula Clark episode of The Muppet Show. Patula, uh, Patula. That's a stretch. You remind me of the artist. You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. Be sure to send us messages. Send us messages. <laughs> we want to hear from you. We would love it. I mean, even if it's like, hey, y'all. <laughs> Emoji of a hey, waving y'all. hand on Twitter. So join us next week. And until next time. Thanks for the gumball, Kermie. This is love.